Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Get this show on the road. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenhammer. And we are bringing you a special, our very first live post-game show from BC Place. Air conditioning's loud, Wi-Fi's spotty, technical difficulties, but who cares because the Whitecaps got three points, beat the Cascadian rivals, and everything is great in the world. It's a good Friday, and definitely a good Friday for the Whitecaps. Oh... It feels so good to beat yeah. the Flanders. And the, the first question that everyone is wanting us to ask, Zach, are you still referring to Freddie Montero as the Loney? For the time being, yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, okay, I, I will say uh, tonight, um, I, I think his his former team uh, really must really like him because they gave, they gave him a ton of space on both of his goals. But well, maybe we'll talk about that more later. I, I I'm looking forward to talking to Freddie. Uh, uh, maybe for AFTN or maybe not. But um, break in, bread with him. In, yeah, oh, break, hopefully break for AFTN. Bread, break some bread and uh, and talk about life and and yeah. But it, it was a fantastic thing. What we're going to do with this show. We don't know how it's going to work. We're hoping that everything holds out until the, the very end. We're going to bring this out as a podcast on Saturday morning as well, iron out all the kinks. We've got some audio lined up from Montero himself and Bobby Leonard... Not Bobby Leonard Doozy. Carl Robinson. Why do we have it from Bobby Leonard Doozy? It's because I see that Lobby Benner Doozy is signed into the chat. That's what kind of threw me there for a minute. <laughs> and then we also have some audio from the sounder side, head coach Brian Schmetzer... Uh, Stephen Fry, Christian Roldan, and Will Bruin, a favourite here at AFTN. Talk a little bit about the match, though, to, to start with. The, the first half was really a, a kind of a half to forget. Not a great performance from the Whitecaps. The opening period, they were really under the cosh. Towards the end, they kind of generated a few chances and, and got a little bit of things going, but it, you just didn't feel that there was, there was a goal coming from the Whitecaps. And for all all that first half, you just felt that if the Sounders got the first goal, that was going to be the end of it. The Caps were going to fold and it was going to be game over. And they were dominating and it came close. The Dempsey shot off the crossbar from distance, that was almost like a, the goal from earlier. Yeah, he, he's no David Villa, though. No. Deuce hit the post twice. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what the deuce stands for, two posts. Yeah. But, I mean, the first half, it was a half to forget. 
But, not, not all of it. It's oh, the beginning I, especially. But they, they oh, the, be, the beginning was great because I, I was sitting watching the game on the TV with Carl Valentine. So I, I really enjoyed the first 10 minutes of it. No, but they, 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 they wrestled back some of the momentum, but it wasn't anything to be right home about. I agree with that. It was definitely overall the half wasn't that great, but there were moments where the Whitecaps had chances. Bolognius with the header that just missed the net. Um, Teixeira played pretty well in that first half. I thought a couple of runs down the side. But overall, yes, I agree the Sounders were, were the superior team. At the second half as well. To begin with. Yeah, I mean, we've got to look. Like, let's, we've got the stats here. Dig this out. So the, the first half stats, amazingly, looking at the passing accuracy, they're both, it was good for both teams. The possession, though, Seattle in that first half had 58% possession, Whitecaps 42 it certainly felt like that. And by the end of the game, it was 61 yeah. to... The second half, the Whitecaps get two goals on 34.3% possession. It's not the amount of possession. It's, it's what, what you, you do with it. It's what you do with it, yes. yep. That's what the uh, Seattle coach said as well. Yeah, my wife says that all the time as well. Like The, the size of it isn't important. It's like the end result. Yeah. And like banging in a couple, that pleases everyone. Now, the passing accuracy, like I agree with you that it was not too bad, but... The Sounders attempted way more passes, uh, and obviously that comes with the possession and everything. So that that's a huge thing. Um, the I mean, Whitecaps oh, did win duels. Win the duels, they won on that uh, stat, and they definitely had more tackles. And obviously, because of the the Sounders had more possessions, they had more clearances than the Sounders. And the, the total shots in the end, Whitecaps eleven total shots and fifteen to the Sounders in the end. So I mean, that was kind of. A little bit, whatever. And I guess we'll kind of have to look at the the goals. Like, like the first one. Monteros. Well, they're both Monteros. Oh, yeah. the, the first one came a little bit out the the blue. Maybe a little bit unexpected. But it, was, it was a little bit. I think there was a turnover yeah. uh, falling up. But Talk us through it, because I'm I'm still in a, a fog from the match. Bolognese, Bola, Bola picked up the uh, the ball around midfield um, and got it out wide to Teixeira. It was a simple cross in. Um, if you look, check the replays, Montero actually kind of was really playing with Svensson, the their new center back, and uh, kind of moving away from him, moving out of there. And finally, when the ball came in, he just made a, just beat him to the ball. Um, it went right over Svensson's head. And I think Montero, it, it, it wasn't a clean header. It kind of landed on his shoulder, but he was able to nudge it in with his head. Uh, with his head. It, it, Svensson looked awful. Yeah, it not, wasn't. Not it, having, he he not was ha- lost on that, basically. Montero ran around him. Not having uh, Roman Torres uh, fit and available for this match or starting for this match was, yeah. was huge in the end. Uh, Svensson, like he looked, I think it was on your pre-game podcast. You were you got the audio from 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 Jordy, uh, Jordan Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris, and what did he say? I learned movement. I learned little things watching uh, watching this this guy uh, play play for Seattle back in the day. Freddie, he has Montero. great great movement, and you saw that on the goal. Just a little a little move uh, in to out, sort of in and around Svensson, and Svensson was like. Left for dead, like it was. Whole, it was not good defending, but it was also great movement. Yeah, by Freddie Montero. And it, it kind of. Well, let's be honest. It was a bit of a smash and grab from the Whitecaps today. Yeah. The 
a 2-0 victory would have seemed really generous. But the, the second goal came. Montero again. And this was a bola corner. It, it, Montero is basically what the Whitecaps have not had. And Carl Robinson mentioned this after the game. And, and we'll play Robbo's post-game, or a bit from Robbo's post-game press conference. But basically he mentioned the fact that the Whitecaps have not had a finisher in the box since Camilo left. And now we've got this guy that when the ball comes into the six-yard area or in and around that, we've got a guy that can actually finish. It's been so long that we had a striker like that that you kind of almost forgot what it was about. Yeah, and the thing is, talking about that second goal, it was, it was like we said, a bola corner coming right to Waston. Waston got his head on it, but it wasn't going towards the net. It was going wide. Montero was able to sneak un- underneath once the header came in off Waston and just basically nudge it past Fry. It was, it, it was another one where he just like kind of got away from his mark and just fell into the open spot. So again, the marking was, was, uh, was very poor, but the, I think the reason why it was poor was because it was a second ball, right? Yeah, it was a second it, one. So, that, so he kind of lost yeah. it on the second, but he was able to be in the right spot where the ball he thought might be around. Yeah. Who's, uh, who was number 23? That's who was marking him. I don't know who 23 was for Seattle. It's not on there. Well, it's in the back. Oh, it's on the back. It's a substitute. Substitutes. Was it Wingo? He he he, got, he again kind of got left for dead. Yeah, a little bit there, and uh, but it was the se- it was the second ball. It was because it was the second header. Yeah, there's a saying there. I, I can't say it in German, but there's a saying: two headers in the box equals a goal. Makes sense for, for one the same. Especially because yeah, the, the, the Germans are weird. Yeah. <laughs> are you sure? They're sure this. They're weird, you, they're, weird, they're weirdly good at can, football. Can I ask you? Can I ask you? Was this? Are you sure this was a, uh, a quote about soccer and uh, football, but nothing something else? No, it was definitely Two about football. Two heads in a box. It was definitely about okay. football. We'll edit that out of the podcast. I don't know what you're even talking about now. So I mean, two now up. Then it got a little bit squeaky bum time, because as everyone knows, two goals is the hardest lead in football. Apparently. Everybody says it. Everyone says it. It's always on must, Twitter. Must be true. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, Seattle, to their credit, and I will give them some credit, they, they upped their game. They took it to the Whitecaps. Will Bruin pulled one back. Nice finish. I think it was 85th minute. AFTN favourite, Will Bruin. Yes. I mean, we, yeah. I, I still would like him here. <laughs> he's, he's not coming. He, he proved his worth today. Yeah. I thought uh, of I thought of you as soon as I saw he scored. I actually thought it was the eighty fifth minute. It's the eighty ninth minute. Yeah, it was. It was but Ladero's no eighty fifth, eighty sixth minute was when Dempsey hit the uh, oh, post yes. for the yes. second yes. time in the game. Well, um, they, they, did, they, did David get fingertips of that? No, no, the, that, that was the shot in like the fifty fifth minute or something. So that was straight post, eh? Yeah. yeah. I mean, let, actually, let's let's talk about Usted. He came up with some big big saves yeah. to, at the start of the second half. Two big ones in the space of about a minute. Yeah. The diving one and then recovering. I, I'd said in the pregame show that we we needed Usted to be the guy that nothing gets past. The guy that we've seen in the past that's the not wall. making... Yeah. He'd be a wall for us. And he had a great game. And he kind of had to. There was the little... After Bruin made it 2-1 with a minute to go, we're into four minutes of stoppage time. And then there was the kind of a little bit of heart pounding towards the end. Basically at the death. Yeah. It was right at the death. Usted lets the, the ball slip through his hands a little yeah. bit, but the man mountain, Kendall Watson on the line, cleared it away. Yeah. Someone was saying to me afterwards, though, that it wasn't that big a clearance. He had tons of time. There was no one around him. That was a massive clearance. Oh, it was huge. 
And the entire and the entire flounders, like all their fins went up and like handball, handball. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, one stat about Waston, um, he's had basically 12 clearances throughout the whole game. Six, half of them, six of them came in the 85th minute and beyond from within the box. Within the box. So that, that's a huge thing when you're, uh, half of your uh, clearances come in the last, uh, say, 10 minutes of the match. And for, for everyone that's listening on Mixler, because some of this will be listening to the podcast, but if you're listening live... Feel free to send us any messages in the chat or drop us any messages on Twitter at AFTN Canada and we'll try and read stuff out during the game. Dave1H says that Germans aren't weird, it is just Zach. And I agree, if you're still referring to Freddie Montero as the lone E, that's you that's weird. We've got some audio cued up from Carol Robinson. Um, so this is uh, three minutes from his post-game presser. Cut out some of the more boring questions, some of the kind of weird questions. Boring questions? There were some boring questions there. Um, not going to name names, no. but if you don't hear your question, you're boring. Carl, nights like this, or why you brought Freddie in? <laughs> uh, yeah, it might have something to do with it. Uh, it was a good game today, really good game. They're a, they're a top team, they're the champs, we know that. And started the game as if they were the champs they got good players they're, they're confident but we stuck stuck with it we when you're in games and you're not having the the play it's important you have a good mentality and our mindset going into the game was to be organized and disciplined when you get the chances take them and see Freddie done that two goals is great for him but you know it was a good game is that the kind of striker that he is you sort of don't notice him and then he's in the right place at the right the right moment yeah I think it is I, I read a statistic I'm not a, a big stats person um, but Michael reminds me all the time about stats so I read one that he only had a certain amount of shots at Seattle but scored a bundle of goals so maybe he is he had one in the first half which I think he will be disappointed that he didn't hit the target um, he's poached that's what goal scorers do and we haven't had that you know since Camilo left Carl it, for as much as in Montero get the headlines, was the real story of this game Parker, Waston defensively, or the, the team defensive effort, and also the fact that certainly for the first goal, uh, Christian Tichera, especially with his quality of crossing, uh, all were influential to me. They were. Uh, any game of football you play, every week is on weekdays, if you can get seven, eight, nine performing at their highest levels, then you've got a chance of winning the game. And, mentioned three or four, you mentioned the two centre-backs, Matias and, and Tachira, they were all playing at their levels today and that's why we had a chance to win the game. So you got to do your job. Your job as I said there, Freddie's to score goals, uh, Kendall's and Timmy's is to keep the ball out and defend the box and they did that and Christian Tachira's is the bug is to create goals and he certainly did that. It's a wonderful ball, you know, it's the hardest ball in football to defend obviously but you need a goal scorer in there and we, we had that today. Carl, six uh, league games in, uh, how would you assess how the team has gone, gone so far? Decent. Um, you know, that's, I think that's an honest assessment. You know, we've, after a, a wonderful Champions League run, we managed to beat Red Bulls and then get to play Tigre as a top team and, and probably deserve to lose over the two legs. Um, but we put a lot into that. And when you put a lot into that and you have league games after or before, it's your focus has to shift a little bit. and. You know, I'm in charge. You know, it's my decision to really focus on the Champions League with the club, and you know, maybe the first couple of results took a hit based upon that. But you know, 
know, we, we could have gone the other way, but we didn't. I think everyone enjoyed the, the run because we don't know when we'll get there again. So now we have to refocus for the for Major League Soccer and it was an important game today. You know, yeah, it's a Cascadia game, we know that, and they're all intense and there's lots of emotion and there's stories all over the place. Um, that's why we have our 22, 25,000 fans behind us. They're amazing. They really were amazing today. And we've got to give them something to shout about every time. We do and they give us that and my players give them that. Everyone's happy. It's, uh, it's only game six. It's easy for, for us to get carried away, certainly, either way this game goes. But, you know, you, you win here, you're two, three, and one. You lose, it could be, you know, one, one and four. It doesn't look too good. How important was, was this, this result? Yeah, it's very, every result is important. Every game is important. You've got four tough games on the road. Depends what you look, the way you look at it, don't you? The, old, the half full or half empty glass. And I always look at it half full because that's uh, in professional sports. You have to, you have to believe and you have to keep the faith. Um, you know, do, do we care? 100% we care. We care about losing, it hurts, but you've also got to care about the group in there. So it was a big game for us, big three points. It's only three points against our rivals, we know that. Uh, We'll rest up and we'll go again next week against our other rivals. I know you always like to plan ahead. A grueling road stretch coming up. Is the plan to use your squad to the max or are you hoping to have a settled lineup going into that? Well, I would love a settled lineup, um, but unfortunately it's probably not going to happen. We're still obviously banged up, we know that. Um, but I'll assess it this week. You know, I think every manager would like to play the same 11 players every game but unfortunately that doesn't happen and when it doesn't happen you have to make decisions based you know I look at the kid I look at Alfonso today you know he played 70 plus minutes outstanding really good stuff and some young stuff naive stuff I need to give him a break I need to give him a rest but with the amount of injuries I've got it's going to be very difficult so that, things like that will play into my mind um, but when we have Jordi back and Eric back and Brack back and maybe one or two other little things on the on the boil then we won't be bad and then I can give him a rest and rotate a little bit more but you know, it's, it's about finding ways to win games uh, today we found a way. One more. It could have been a very emotional occasion for Freddie going against his former team how do you make sure that he funnels that emotion in the right way and doesn't get too carried away in that one? Yeah well I, I think he's mates with Aussie isn't he and they were kicking lumps out of each other and trying to get each other booked and sent off and that's what happens. I just said to him before the game I'd be knit so I know what it's like and it's important you enjoy it uh, you don't let the occasion pass you by and Freddie's a he's a calm guy uh, you know, he does his talking on the football pitch and he, I don't think he was getting up getting anything in his head that shouldn't be um, you know I think he's got great respect for Seattle as, as we have here as an organisation and you know, I think he showed that when he scored uh, but he's my player now he's our player we'll enjoy him um, and it's Freddie's day today It was a big win. With the the four road games coming up, it was a game basically that they had to win. No, a hundred percent. And like we said in the thing, uh, the previous uh, podcast, we you the pessimist and you thought we were not going to get anything, no points at all. Yes, one point you had. So we're already triple that. Um, so it's a matter of now just kind of sneaking more points here and there. If they can get a, they can, you never know. They might be able to sneak one out of Portland at this point. Uh, the way they're playing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not not expecting much out of that. I'm expecting three. Really? And that would essentially put them in a huge role for the Cascadia Cup. As well, well, I mean, the, the thing is, we're ahead of Seattle in the standings now. Yeah. 
well, and they, that's struggling. massive. They're struggling. They got six points in six games, essentially. And, and Portland, like, just thinks they're so good right now. Well, they are. That's no, why no, they think they're, that. They're already, they're ripe for the they're picking. Right for, they're overconfident <laughs> sometimes. Overconfident, yeah. Mm. They're definitely not pessimistic. No. But, I mean, the man, man of the moment was Freddie Montero. We've got Freddie Montero. It's an emotional night for him. He, he, he didn't. He, he didn't did celebrate. He did well, I was going to say he, he didn't really celebrate, but he did. He went down um, to the knees. The second dude, one, he put he put his he put his head down and he put his eyes up or put his put his fingers up. up. Fingers put his up. fingers up. It's Easter weekend, okay? He put yeah. his fingers up. He put his head down. The first one, he went to his knees. If you're if you're going to call that a celebration and and something he's doing against. His former club, I, I think. I uh, think that's hard. That, that's but. kind of. A, I, I call it a minor celebration. Not. I, I agree with you that he'd probably be more animated if it was another team. Oh, he, uh, yeah. Quick question. Good sign for the Whitecaps that on Good Friday it was two Christians that served up the oh. goals. I think into so. The box. Yes, it was I a. Gr- it wasn't so much a Good Friday. It's like effing fantastic Friday. Yeah. From Freddie Effing Montero. I don't want to have to mark this as explicit. So I'm just saying effing. <laughs> I'm, d- I'm going to get t-shirts made. It's, it's like on, on the wrestling on WWE, you've got Seth freaking Rollins. Let's yeah. just get some Freddy freaking Montero t-shirts made up. Sure. He's the architect to the goals. Yeah. He, great, great there. For all you wrestling fans, that was fantastic. Anyway, we've got Freddy Montero lined up now. Wait, what do you say? Well, I, I hope we have Freddy Montero lined up now. So let's get this going. Um, this is Freddie Montero post-match, uh, just talking about what was a very emotional night for him. Uh, Freddie, fantastic performance. Two goals. Just talking about both of them in the game. Uh, yeah, super happy. Uh, scored two goals in these kind of matches. It's always uh, a dream for a for a forward, and uh, today I'm super happy that the team uh, did a good job. We were looking through the week with this result, and uh, thanks God we we got it. It's a good one for us. Freddie, can you describe the feeling of scoring against your former club tonight? Well, more than feelings, I just want to say that uh, I felt all the support from the fans uh, whenever I scored the goal. After uh, when they were saying my name, and I just want to thank all of them for the support. And uh, yeah, it's my job. I enjoy scoring goals, playing football, and right now the team is, uh, I think, in a good, good way for for the rest of the season. It's an emotional, emotional game for you, though. You muted celebrations on on both goals. It was an emotional night. Yeah, mixing of feeling, you know. But at the end of the day, uh, what makes me more happy is that the teams uh, got the three points at home. After the first goal, you kind of had a look at a sense of relief. You let out a big sigh. Did you feel the pressure going into this game? Everyone was really watching to see how you would do. Well, maybe during the week, but as soon that the game started, I left everything behind and I just focused on help the team, try to find space. And when I had that opportunity in the first half, I knew the second one was coming. And uh, that's what I did when, when I had the opportunity in the second half. Uh, we scored the first goal, and we kicked on, and I scored the second one. Do you have to hold yourself back from celebrating? As you see the ball go in, it's natural to go and celebrate like you normally do. Well, you kind of have to catch yourself a little bit? Yeah, yeah, it's hard. Uh, especially when all my teammates came, and uh, they were hugging me, and, I mean, saying, 
different comments that uh, they were making me more happy. But uh, yeah, I did my best, and I, I hope that uh, the message that I want to send to the Seattle fans was uh, respect for them and for all that they gave me the, the four years that I was there. It's only six games into the season, but you guys have a four-game road trip coming up. How, how important was it to get the three points tonight, especially with the tough road ahead? It's always good because we have extra motivation. Uh, we're going to be for a while uh, away from the home. And uh, we know the points that we uh, lose here at home. We need to go away and, and bring them home. So for us, it's going to be uh, just focus on make as many points as we can. Freddie, do you think your two goals maybe will quiet some guys like Brad Evans? Who? Brad Evans. I play for the Vancouver Whitecaps, so I don't want to make any comments about that. Uh, just focus on my job. I'm, I'm thankful for the support of the fans here in, in Vancouver, and uh, hopefully we can give them more uh, calls and uh, more points at home, of course. 36 games, and how would you assess the uh, situation with this team? Where, do you, where, do you, where are things at? Well, right now we are in, in the process of building the confidence of the team, uh, knowing every player. I mean, we know that we have uh, different quality, different players, but uh, just starting the season, I know this team has more to give, and it's going to come along the way. Do you still think there's an issue in terms of creating chances? No. I think in the stage that we are right now, we are fine. Obviously, we're trying to find that balance, you know, between defending well and scoring goals. So that was Freddie Montero there. Cock a hoop. But oh, he's playing it down as well, kind of playing down his role, saying it was a good team effort, that the, the Caps were, were basically... The, the Caps were basically, it was a team effort. Yeah. I mean, Zach, what, what did you think of what Freddie said there? To stop playing about on your bloody phone. I was just finding out that uh, number 23 was Henry Wingo. Um, we told you that about 20 minutes ago. I verified it. You guys didn't let me listen to the audio, so... <laughs> we, the earphones were right here. I think, I think the comments were just fine. Talking of comments, let's read some of the, the comments in the chat now. Okay, so uh, Funkmaster had one of the first comments. Defensive and Parker in particular looked super panicky in the last 15-ish minutes. Poor outlet passes sent out, turned over immediately. Is that a concern? Like the mm. panicky defense, but I mean the the, the, def the defense has been up and down all season. I think you have to expect with a with a lineup like that that you're gonna have to you're gonna look panicky when you're playing against guys like that, and they're going for it too at, at, at all stop, and you're kind of holding on. So it kind of it kind of happens like that, and when in, in, in almost every team. It's very rare you're going to get a calm defensive uh, play from a team that's, you know... It's a derby game as well, and yeah. they're, they're, they're being put under a lot of pressure. I, I think... Obviously, we put, they played well enough to win. Like we played well enough to get to get a result. I know, it's hard... To, you don't it's want hard, to be critical it's hard when to, they when It's they hard get to be win. overly critical, I think, tonight. Ronan Allen asked, uh, what did Zach sing out when Montero scored? Uh, Loney, Loney, to the sound of Billy Idol's money, money? No, uh, <laughs> there was some singing of goals mean goals. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 
Uh, we got one here. Ryan McLeod says broken Freddie Montero could be his his handle. That's a wrestling one just for Zach. I don't I don't speak wrestling. Johnny A says our defence is looking better and better. I mean I, I know we're being critical tonight, but I mean they they were that close to having a, a clean sheet. Yeah. No, Funkmaster actually followed up with another comment later on and said honestly at full strength since Philly, barring the Snowpocalypse three five two abortion. The caps have actually looked decent overall. That's a awkward word to use for that, but okay. Well, I'm just it, it was it was uh, yeah it was that was a, I, I I talked to I got to I got to I kind of followed up you, you again the preview podcast was amazing with the Thank with you. the the, uh, the, it's the amazing how I come up with at midnight on no, a Thursday night. No, the audio the audio was, I saw. The audio, I think you got there and talking to talking to Robbo, where he was he talked about how it should have or. I think he's kind of said it should have been abandoned, but what are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? Yeah. It's MLS. MLS is MLS. Yeah. What I really found extremely intriguing in his words to you were when he referred to having games moved and he implied it's easier for some to do than others. Yes. That spoke volumes because that means one of two things. One, MLS made problems. Or two... Maybe we didn't do enough to get games moved. And when you look at those two things, Dallas got games moved. So what? So so it can't be MLS only. So what did we not do to get games moved? And I'm just hypothesizing, but I'm guessing finances are involved. And we didn't do enough to get one or both games moved. Not that that would have necessarily changed the result. No. But it would, but have, it, it it would have prioritized that more. Yeah, and, and Robo, not, not to Robo, do with the result, but it may have helped with totally. the MLS campaign uh, yeah, MLS more results. than anything. And I think you heard it in tonight's comments from, from Robbo. He said, I made this a priority. I made the Champions League a priority. Yeah. It wasn't we, yeah. it was I. Now, maybe I'm just reading too much into things. But when, when I listen to that, I listen to tonight's audio... That it, it it points to the, a, a bigger problem we know at this football club, no, I mean, which is which is which is finances. That that is a good thing. I I did think it was interesting that Robert did say that tonight. It's like yeah, I I made the Champions League a priority, and I was speaking to Stephen from Radio Cascadia. He was up from Seattle for the game, and he he says like looking at it with kind of a a neutral head on. He basically feels that the Whitecaps haven't had that bad a start to the season, all things considered, because the focus to people out with the city, the focus to those looking in was that our priority was the Champions League. And all things considered, we're now six games in. We've got two wins. We've got a draw. We've got some defeats. But, yeah, I mean, I've been a bit cynical. And as... As was kind of mentioned a little bit further up in the chat here. They want you to keep it going. Yeah, when I'm cynical, they get points. And I'd written us off today completely. I just, I thought it would be a 2 or 3-0 Sounders win. You had your post-game article I, already written Yeah, I think it's going to be a 2 or 3-0 Portland win next week. I'll just throw that out there. Um, so, yeah, so Dave1H says for me to keep it up. So hopefully we will. Um, Johnny A says that this was the, the second game we won where we lost the coin flip. So we won the other four then? No, but no, we've I don't know. we've had so many matches where it's been like this, and the results have been mixed. Huh. I, 
I, um, could, I could be dead wrong, but that's my, my recollection. Finsky says, uh, Finsky Nakamura, we could start calling him. Anyway, Finsky says, Williams is still suspect a few times. His man on the, it was his man on the, on the goal that, that Bruin scored. It did come in from Lodero. It came in really fast, though. Yeah. But he did lose Bruin a little bit, and then Bruin is a finisher. Yeah, and he's, he scored. But I think they were talking about that he's the one that's scoring the goals right now coming off the bench. And they asked the Seattle coach, uh, Schmaltz or whatever his name is, um, uh, well, should he start? And, and it seemed like, no, he's not going to start, yeah. even though he's scoring all the goals. Dave1H says front office conspiracy. Ronan Allen says if Zach looks sleepy, just whisper front office into his ear. <laughs> who's, who, who said that? Ronan Allen. Steve Johnson is happy with the effort and the two goals, but he's still concerned with the lack of offensive possession and the chances on goal. I mean, it felt... I mean, the shots on target, the Whitecaps had none in the first half, three in the second half, so two were obviously Montero's goals. Yeah. I'm struggling to think what the third one was. It might have been just a shot from distance that Fry scooped up. I think. But yeah, it is a concern. Yeah. And Robbo's made it clear that he wants... Well, Bobby Leonarduzzi's made it clear on Robbo's behalf that Robbo is looking to bring in a striker. Have you, did you ask him? I, no, but I, I, I did. I, I got sent a message last night. Um, by, by, by Pigeon Carrier? By Pigeon Carrier. Uh, it was from Hogwarts. It was an owl delivered it to me. And he was a hoot, by the way. We had, we had a great laugh. But I, I got sent a message last night. Mark Burchill, current manister, manager of Livingston. Are we going to be allowed to say this on air? I'm saying it on air. Who cares? Okay, Mark Burchill, oh, uh, on LinkedIn, Mark Burchill used to play with Carl Robinson and Paul Ritchie yeah. in Portsmouth. He's the manager of Livingston just now, does a little bit of player agency and stuff. He put out on his LinkedIn page that an MLS gaffer had got in touch with him saying that they were desperately looking for a, a proven goal scorer that was currently in Championship or League One coming to the end of the season, coming to the end of their contract, and would be willing to come to MLS for £3,500 a week. Now, after some calculations that we did... We worked during, that during out, During the game, yeah. which we missed some of the game while we are doing these calculations. Putting that into American dollars, yeah. 227000 American dollars would be the salary, yeah. which kind of is on a par for a backup striker. Yeah. Um, How much is Will Bruin on? Do we know? I don't know. That's, that would be about... But what, what uh, you on. have to think it's Will Bruin's kind of money. Yeah. So we're not saying it's Robbo. And I actually asked Robbo after the game if it was him. And he said, why would I have got in touch with Mark Burchill to put that on LinkedIn? So he's saying it's not. But he, he, he does know Mark Burchill. But we do have John Park as one of the scouting coaches. So maybe it's John Park that's putting feelers out. Yeah. John Park from Celtic. Mark Burchill at Livingston used to play for Celtic, putting two this, and two together. And, and is this the Whitecaps trying to bring in a championship or League One player before the transfer window closes? And another connection with Mark Burchill, uh, his, one of his tweets was uh, um, uh, put out there when Robbo was initially hired, um, congratulating Robbo on the hire. Yep. He said he's one of the nicest guys. So there's a, there is a connection there. Um, and so, I, yeah, you're right. You might not be from Robbo directly, but there are always people feeling, sending out feelers, and that kind of gets circled around in, in, uh, on football teams. Um, we looked at some of the names of expiring contracts. Um, that, that's kind of at Championship and, le and League One. And the one was Darren Bent. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he'd come for that. Um, you, you saw uh, Kyle 
Lafferty. Kyle Lafferty. Yeah. Former Rangers player, Northern Ireland international, 28-29. Good age. Proven goal scorer no, at times. No, no. And that was the thing, because the message said it had to be somebody that has a proven track record. Yeah, yeah because this is, this is a, an issue of optics, right? We can't bring in someone who's... Like an Octavio Rivero, you're talking. No, about. no, because Octavio at least cursed, like cursed, like on the outside, kind of looked like okay, he had some some pedigree, but we can't bring in a player from too low down the, like, the football pyramid. They don't want yeah. the Philadelphia yeah. getting a guy from League right, One, yeah, exactly. League Two. Uh, so, because optically, I don't think that that will go would go over well. No, I could I mean, be wrong. I mean, in the in the off season, Robbo was offered some top non-league players in England, but. You bring in a non-league player, and You'll again, optics, yeah. It's going to be like, why are you bringing in a non-league player? Whereas yeah. a lot of these guys are on more money than MLS guys, yeah. and a lot of them are better than, than some of the guys that's in MLS. They just haven't had the opportunity yeah. to go up, yeah. Uh, A said that Atlanta's not using Kenwin Jones, something we, we've mentioned yeah. before, and we sure could use him, but there is the salary issue there. Because Jones is a DP... Possibly at Atlanta. I'm not really well, sure. If Atlanta's willing to get rid of him, they could always offer Tam or yeah. Ham to buy that contract down. Are, are we going to talk about these rumors about the bringing in another center back? Or is that for another Yeah, time? no, we'll come, we'll come to that as well. Um, Sorry, I, that, that to me but, is. But one, one of your targets, uh, Michael, Robbie Keane, I don't think he's going to be going over for 225. Well, let's just say do not write off Robbie Keane coming to the Whitecaps. I keep going on about this. Have you made the t-shirts yet? No, but from what I've heard, and this wasn't from Robo, I just, I'll <laughs> stress this, this wasn't from chatting to Robo after the game tonight, but from what I've heard from a well-placed source... Decent sources, yeah. Robbie Keane is a last resort... No, actually, that's that's not a good phrase. If, if we can't get a younger player in yeah. Robbie Keane is on the table to come to the Cavs if that's the case then I wouldn't Darren Bent would probably because yeah. he's 33 Kyle Lafferty still might be if we can player. get something done by the transfer window yeah. Robbie Keane is a guy but he'll come in before the transfer window yes he's out of contract but, but so he'll come a, in he's out of contract but aren't there any MLS hang up things because he's no. coming from another MLS club technically no, no because he, so. he's no longer he's a free agent but he hasn't put enough years in the league. No, that doesn't make a difference at all. Well, f- free agent in the traditional sense, and that he's not. But that doesn't work in MLS. I thought I could be wrong. I could yeah, be wrong. I think you're wrong. So that is on the cards. So some other messages here. Steve Johnson is happy with the effort and the two goals. Oh, we read that. <laughs> but he's concerned about the lack of offensive possession and chance on goal. Um, Ryan McLeod says, when you're cynical, the caps are clinical. I like that. Oh. that that's going to be our catch. That's, that's a hashtag. That's yeah. a that's when a you're cynical, the caps are clinical. Um, that's like a Oh, yeah. Johnny A pointed out that predicted pooch was also wrong. Yeah. Um, Does that mean you've got to put him down? I hope not. I'll, I'll talk to the wife about that. I, I think, Did I say him? Is him? Right? It is a him. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll just we'll deprive him of his bone tonight. Zach, Zach's waiting for me to make a follow up. All I'll say is, after a win tonight, there'll be no bones deprived elsewhere. Greg Petrie says, I'm not that. <laughs> "Funny, that's what she said." Greg Petrie says, "I also assumed that when MLS offered to foot the bill for the charter flight to Mexico rather than changing the MLS schedule." The Whitecaps front office leaked at that chance to save money while doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> what did you? Who would it? Um, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that confirmed? 
Is that out there in the... I, I haven't heard it No, it, it was basically just that there was deals done, and we assumed yes, that if they yeah. paid for the charter flight. Funkmaster said third was Labba. I'm not sure what the first two were, because I don't know what that was in relation to, but third was Labba. Funkmaster, unless the Caps start playing two strikers, Kenman Jones is not really going to be much use here. But, no, There's he, a guy he you can off bring the off the bench. The and bench. I, I thought when it was 2-0, I thought we would see Kyle Gregg come yeah. on. And, I mean, the Whitecaps, they could have killed time with a little bit more substitution. They, 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 they didn't handle their subs very well tonight, I didn't think. I, I, was, su- I was surprised that Tony... Ch- I know Tiber had a decent game, uh, Lava had a decent game, but they still could have brought a third guy, uh, Tony Chani. Okay, here's the thing. I don't know if you were looking out the window, you guys were getting all this stuff, but Tony Chani ran about an easy 10K after the match and doing laps of the pitch. Maybe he wasn't fit then? They want him to be more fit to be ready for the Portland away match. Oh, I I think, I think. Funk Masters clarified the third being Laba was the shots on goal. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, I don't remember right. that at no, all. No, no, that's right. He shot it. He he was uh, he tried to get a, in and around the defender. He finally found a spot. It, shot it is weird though that we did only use two subs. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, when you're wanting to kill time. Yeah. I mean, maybe he just didn't want to disrupt the flow. I would have pulled Tiber off. I wouldn't have started Tiber. Okay. Pa- okay. Paul Ritchie Let, actually. Let's, add, let's Can we talk about? Yeah. That? Let's talk about Russell Tiber because yeah. Paul Ritchie, former Whitecaps assistant coach, after I tweeted out about, I'd rather have had Chani. I shouldn't have had Tiber. Paul Ritchie sent me a message saying, if I can find it here, did I change my mind basically after the game? Uh, Oh, he said, "Mm, how are you feeling now? And I said, I still wouldn't have played him. I don't like Russell Tiber. And he said, sometimes you have to put the team before your personal preference. The team has to, the team, the whole club has to figure out how to win. And at this level... Winning is basically the only measuring stick. See, my thing about uh, playing Chani instead of Tiber, and I, I didn't know he wasn't fit, but I thought that the ideal thing would be because Dempsey is kind of a, a more physical number 10 instead of a, a playmaker that I thought Chani would be a good matchup with him, and that's why I thought he would be the better option. But again, didn't know he wasn't fit. No, I don't know. That's a surprise. Or fit enough, actually, we should say. We'll come to the, the centre-back and Effie Ambrose rumours in a little bit. We might even come to that in Sunday's show. So, but, sorry, you felt good about Rusty today? I, again, I... I, I thought he was I thought he was all right. I, and he did make that one save off the line, too. Right. He, was, I can't remember what minute it was. He, but he wasn't terrible. Was no. Which is the is my backhanded compliment. Russell Tiber. He wasn't terrible. Is kind of his standard. The, a couple of glimpses I saw him today once was, was giving away or losing possession. But I also saw some great tackles and some hustle, which, did, I, know, which I know are his yeah, trademarks. He, also, he, did, trademarks, he did do something that impressed me during the time, and I can't remember what it was. Was that clearance? Because I know you said that was Russell Tybert. Off the line. Oh, that, yeah, okay, right, yeah. Yeah, so right, that, that's oh, yeah, you're, <laughs> you're pressing knobs today, yeah. and you're not listening. Right. <laughs> I, I, I think he contributed to the victory. No, and, and there was a moment, too, when he attacked, and I was going, what's... Russell Tiber doing I, so off to the field. I, <laughs> it was, I, it was, I was I was really happy for him. I thought he no. I thought he played a decent there. game. And I think I, I think he's going home tonight and he's feeling mostly positive. Yeah. About the, about the match. Maybe he gets a new haircut tomorrow. I like I like I don't know I like how he's gone more mellow with the hair. With the seventies kind of curly. Yeah. It's got a. He's kind of gone for like Noam Dar as well in NXT. He's kind of let his hair grow out a bit. Two five life. Well, yeah, two five life. But yet, I will say, Tiber, I, I can't, I honestly, 
can't say he impressed me tonight, but I can say he wasn't as bad as I thought he was going to be. He did well. And he contributed to the victory, I think. Everyone contributed to the victory. It's a team but, but, but a goal line clearance is a significant yes, contribution. Yes, okay, okay, okay. So the, the Sounders, though. Let's turn our attention to them because we've got some audio from the Sounders dressing room. There might be some Sounders fans listening to this. If you are, hello. Um, Fins ho- up to you all. Yep, have a, have a safe drive back to Hell. the... Middle Cascadia. <laughs> to Middle Cascadia. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> no, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, no, no, I, 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 I prefer no Seattle as a city to Portland. What? I like, I like Portland. Oh, I, I don't like. I do I not like, like Seattle. Right, I like the food in Portland. I like the food trucks. I like Blue Star Donuts. What else more? <laughs> what do you not like then? I love the egg carton, and if anyone is going down next weekend, <laughs> it's a food truck. It's about a 15-minute drive Portland? outside of the downtown in Portland. It's called the Egg Carton. Check it out. They do a fantastic breakfast sort of thing. So, yeah, check that out. But as a city, aesthetically looking, Seattle is the much nicer city. Yeah, but the traffic is worse there. And it's it's just, the, okay, yeah. And but the people. But the, Portland the, is dark, it's, depressing. It's, it's the hobos. whole, whole vibe of the it's city. There's hobos everywhere. It's the whole vibe of the city that... And then you're so I understand. I'm okay if you don't like it. I just... The road... I, I don't, I don't, I don't hate Seattle as a as a city to visit and stuff and whatever for Everybody away game for away ga- for away games, but um, yeah, I probably prefer to go to matches in Portland personally. Ryan McLeod agrees. Seattle is a much better city than Portland. I spit on Portland, he says. Yeah, just don't, just don't do that in the away section next week. Could, <laughs> that would cause less problems if you could just maybe spit not when you're not in the stadium, spit on it. Portland. Uh, Ronan, Ronan Allen does say though that he doesn't think anyone would notice if you spit in Portland. That makes sense. It is a like <laughs> I walking the dog around downtown Portland at night. It's a scary thing. Yeah, the hobos are friendly and they're trying to hug my dog. I don't know what they're going to give my dog. Everybody needs love. Poor poor Bailey is like he, he's not a hugger. He's a very kind of he's a border collie that keeps himself to himself. So he's not like the other Bailey. No, no. <laughs> Oh, the wrestling things are coming thick and fast tonight. They're all going over Zach's head. Some more comments about Russell Tybert, which we'll get Steve to read out. Will I queue up the Seattle audio? Oh, uh, Ronan Allen uh, says, isn't isn't not playing Tybert with his best for the team? Which is fair. Um, Funkmaster says, in fairness, Rusty gives a better shift tonight than he has in a long time, which we discussed. Um... Funkmaster also, I respect Seattle team, the city, the fans are class, except Dempsey, F, Clint, Dempsey. F, I said F. You don't have to edit that out. I, I think if we're editing things like that's one of the last things that we'd and be And Ben City Villa going. says there's hobos everywhere, Michael. Oh, there, there, there are. And in es- Portland? Especially in Birmingham, oh. where Aston Villa play. Hobos everywhere. I, right, but... I know there's hobos everywhere, but they're very, they're very, they're there. I, I've had, there's been some horrible incidents at food trucks. In Portland? No, we're back in okay. Portland. Portland, back in Portland, okay. Anyway, like, let's move on from hobos. So we've got some audio lined up now. Uh, we're going to hear now from Seattle Sounders head coach Brian Schmitzer. I just like saying that, Schmitzer. He wasn't a happy man. No, that's that's the thing, right? But we'll talk about that after we play the audio. I had a great conversation with him after. 
after the game? Yeah. Was he more upbeat than he was during the scrum? I uh, well, it's, I gotta listen to the scrum. Let me listen to the scrum. Okay. Well, let, let's play that now for you. Now, let's Here see who is the fire under Brian. Seattle head coach, and again we've edited some of this out. This is okay. Brian Schmetzer. I didn't talk to him afterwards. What did you think? Good. Scored two goals. Scored the game winner. Very good. Steven, looked like that was a game you dominated for 65 minutes, Coach. How did it slip away? How? Oh. Well, I got to watch the tape, but preliminary stuff, I mean, you know, all the possession in the world doesn't do you any good unless you can score. Uh, having said that, you know, seven shots on target, you know, 15 overall, 10 corner kicks. I mean, we, we had the ball there. Credit Osted, credit their defense, credit them getting a timely goal to kind of throw us off, you know, at one nothing, we're not in panic mode, but at two nothing, that's a tough, you know, that's a tough uh, thing to swallow. But we gotta figure out ways how to not let teams off the hook when you dominate them in, in some of the other stats that don't mean as much as a scoreline. Simon. Simon, Fred Stock Talk Vancouver. I mean, the, defensively, of the two goals you conceded, Matera got between Svensson and Fisher on the first one, and then Wingo, he got away from Wingo when he put the ball in. And then last week, when Wondolowski scored, he, he was afforded a lot of space. Is that an area in your team that you're concerned about right now in terms of the defending in those situations? Well, we had worked on it early in the week, blocking crosses and, you know, staying with Wondolowski, Montero, all of the good forwards in the league. That's, that's standard training for us, but we'll certainly ramp that up. Right here. Uh, Michael McCall, MLSsoccer.com. Slow start to the season last year, slow start again this year. Does it feel different, the start this year, or is it the same things that led to the slow start last year as well? A uh, little different last year, just because, you know, Jordy was new, Oba's deal, you know, there were some other, some other things. I think the team just needs to, you know, get that one breakthrough game. Uh, certainly starting five out of seven on, on the road isn't helping us. Uh, but, look, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. I thought we played well in San Jose, and we put ourselves in a position to grab points in San Jose, all three. And, again, tonight, before Freddie scored his goal, I was, I was comfortable with the way the team was playing. Ryan? He came through again. Um, what went into the, the decision to bring Will on in like the 67th, I think it was? Well, because again, similar to San Jose, I thought we had the game under control, and I wanted to bring someone on that could, you know, give us the goal. Other questions? Michelle. Michelle Mendoza, uh, live from Seattle Sports Timeout. Uh, last year, you stepped in and uh, lit a fire. This year we have stats, but we're kind of blocking the fire. What are you going to do to start the burn? Uh, well, I think we do a fairly good job of getting them prepared for games. Uh, it's a tough league. Uh, there certainly are things that we will look at as, our, as, a, as a coaching staff to see if we can 
start that fire? That's certainly a fair question. Um, again, as always, we'll watch the tape and try and make corrections and, you know, prepare for L.A. Spencer Davis in the front. Uh, Will Bruins come on and, and scored some late goals a couple times this year. Uh, is, has that made you kind of decide that maybe it's time for him to start, or is that uh, still not part of your thought process? No, we talked about that. Remember last year we played with Jordy out on the left and, and Nelson up top. We've been kicking that around. Um, you know, he, he's, he's a good pro. Uh, he was uh, good tonight. I mean, he did, he did his job, so, you know, he's definitely going to get some conversation. In the first couple minutes in the second half there, you put a, a pair of really good chances kind of in front of net that were blocked and knocked away. Did something change in the opening minutes of the second half that led to those chances, or was it just better execution in the first half? I would say that coming out of halftime, the execution, yes, was better. I think our play was good. I think the first 15 minutes of the first half, we were very good in possession, maybe not as goal dangerous as we could have been. Second half, yes. The first 15 minutes, I thought we were on top of them. So that was Seattle head coach Brian Schmitzer there. And they... We'll read some questions, uh, or we'll read some comments. Zach's confused by delay, because he's listening to this stuff through the thing, and he's like, no, I'm still listening to it. We're back live, Zach. This is fun. Um... It's much easier in the studio. It is. <laughs> Finsky says, Schmitzer used to keep me after class to clean the Bunsen burners. <laughs> Johnny A says, Schmitzer looks like Arnold Emst Tote. I don't know who that is. I have to Google him. Okay. Um, Funkmaster, Brian Schmitzer, almost as fun to say as Stoffel von Doom. Van Doom. Stoffel van Doom. Is that wrestling? Is that I don't know, but I like that. Stoffel van Doom. Oh, I get it. It's the okay. I found it. It's the um, the villain from um, Indiana Jones. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. Good one, Johnny A. Good one. Uh, um, oh, and Formula One could be Stoffel Van Doom. Anyway, Brian Schmitzer there. Now, see when Brian Schmitzer came here last September, October. Obviously, that Seattle were in a good run. They won that game, I think. No. Yeah, he he was yeah he was very upbeat and he yeah. was. It was a way different kind of persona tonight. It's as if the pressure has got to him. And it is, I said this in the in the preview show, it is hard for a head coach. When you come in and the team's been crap, then you get them to go on a good run, and they win the MLS Cup in your first few months in charge, yeah. how do you follow that up? With another one. And it's of course, start. Uh, as everyone keeps saying, nothing doesn't matter what you do the first half of this season, it's what happens in the second half. Yeah, why are you saying that again? I thought we agreed to not say that. <laughs> someone said, I think Freddie Montero said that during the week. So, someone made that comment that I was speaking to during the week, so I'm pretty sure it was Freddie. But I mean, Seattle, they've got off to a tough start. And Schmetzer said there, he doesn't see it exactly the same as last year. There was different factors at play last year. Which I read between the lines to say Ziggy Schmidt was crap. Yeah. Um, so I, I based it on that. But well, it sounded like last year, like he, had, I, I'm really not a fan of the phrase, but it sounded like he had lost the players, lost the yeah. room, and 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 some of the key senior figures with strong personalities and strong influence in the in the team, kind of stopped listening or stopped following or stopped 
you know, engaging with what he was, how he was trying to encourage them to play, and and and, and that and that led to the demise. That really led to their if, poor poor results and led to his demise, unfortunately. And correct him. me correct me if I'm wrong, but I think um, they added Ladero. They added Ladero after. Oh. After Shigibshin was fired, yes. if I'm not mistaken. So that was a big factor right there. I know you guys are probably both going to um, not... not. You can talk uh, about the Loney? No, I'm, okay. I, don't, I know you're not going to probably appreciate me saying this. Or you're gonna, I always maybe, appreciate Maybe this will sound um, duplicitous to you, but both Ziggy Schmidt and, and Brian Smetzer, I have a level of respect for them both. That's as cool. much as I don't like them because they're, they're flounder coaches, Ziggy Schmidt, I, I, like, I... I appreciate his understanding of football and his approach to football as much as I despise him as the flounder coach I had this certain amount of respect for him and I have the same a similar respect for Brian Smetzer Brian Smetzer I used to hate when he came to Swan Guard and with like though it was so though, back in the day I don't know if you yeah. remember how bitter it was in that small little place and for, for and, folk that don't know Schmitz has been involved with Seattle for a number of years I think it's been seven years as Ziggy's assistant main assistant coach and then they had seven or eight years with the USL coach and he played for them way back yeah. in the day and I, I like yeah I don't know if you remember Swan Guard I was talking to Preston Burpo Preston Burpo is the keeper coach for Dead Bull. Burpo, Burpo's another. And so he, when he when he came, we were setting up when they came into the ground that night, and I was like, "Oh, Preston, you must be so happy to be back in, in BC because he used to get it hard from from the from the South End." And um, uh, no and, one he, likes and that. he was like, and he was like, "I I love Vancouver. I love coming to Vancouver. Swangard was the best venue in the USL." And, and it will be in the PDL when TSS Rovers there kick off there soon. But no, Brian Brian Schmetzer, I I never liked him as the sounder as sounder no. coach. But I have a I have a level I, a level of respect I agree. for him. I do as well, and he really impressed me the way that he handled himself last season. Totally, but and, he, he he does seem grumpier this year. Oh, of course. Things the are, the stuff we played in the pre in the pregame show that. I, it was some dumb questions. As like I say, I cut some of the worst ones out from from down there. It was people asking just obvious questions, and I cut some stuff out tonight, which was like obvious questions. Or I, there was one in particular. I think it was Simon that asked it. Simon Fudge. I can't remember what it was, but I cut that out because it was such a thing. It's like, oh, were you disappointed that you let in two goals or something? It's like, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of respect for him and he's got a lot of respect for Carl Robinson as well totally and one of the things I appreciate about him the most going back to last year and I told I talked to him tonight I told him this was when he his first little press thing at their training facility after he was named interim head coach or whatever I really appreciate his outlook on what a football club is and everyone's asking about oh, what are you going to do and how are you going to bring things turn things around and all this stuff and he just said and, and obviously I like this because this is the same language I use to describe it he just stood in front of the microphone and said, I'm a steward of this football club. I'm going to do my best for the football club, help us to move forward, help us to get points, help us to win, help us to achieve our goals. And when my time is done, my time is done. But while I'm here, I'm a, I'm a steward of this. And it's my responsibility to try and do the best I can to, to, to move things forward. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and sometimes I'm going to be successful, sometimes not. And obviously last year was extremely successful. And this year's off to a little bit of a rocky start. So, Although they only have two losses in six games. That should be said. So, too. So but they only have one win in six games. That right, should be said. Right. So moving on from the Schmelzer tribute, uh, part of our podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, Seattle gonna... fans will be loving this. <laughs> so They'll be like, wow. 
I mean, Seattle fans hate Zach yes. from from carrying the from the trip, yeah, trip through yeah. Um So they, they, they only threatened me once on Twitter. Yeah, but we don't have we don't have much of this to go. So we're going to play you some audio now from the Seattle players. We're going to hear first a one-on-one exclusive that Steve got with Stephen Fry. Yes, he was happy to talk to. Yeah, me. no one else wanted to talk to Stephen Fry, but. He wanted to. T- he wanted to speak to Steve. You asked him about that save, didn't you? I, no, I just asked a couple of questions. Oh, you didn't, ask about you that didn't save? have too much time. Oh, good. No. Thank and you. And then we're also going to hear from goal scorer Will Bruin. And since it's Good Friday, although yeah, we've still got eleven minutes of Good Friday. Another Christian, Christian Roldan. So let's he, get that going now. He was their man of the match, right? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was. This is some audio from Seattle Sounders players. Obviously, you guys had a slow start last year, uh, but it you know it ended up with a great result. Um, do you guys feel like it's similar to last year, or is it something different? And do you want to get snipped into the bud and not get into a hole like last year, like last season? Of course, we don't want to get into a hole like last year. That's a massive hole to climb out of here. You're gonna, um, you don't want to um, create that challenge too many times. So. Um, I think it's just been, it's been a bit more frustrating not because uh, we've been getting uh, dominated in games. It's been very frustrating because we've 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 played decent at times. You know, uh, we've 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 gone down to San Jose and uh, had a you know um, a solid effort uh, and score and then uh, you know need to hold on there for five minutes, but don't. That's frustrating. Uh, we come up here, we we dominate for the first 20 minutes. I have nothing to show for. They essentially have two chances to score two goals. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, ultimately, all the possession and all um, whatever, all those stats don't matter. The only stat that matters is for us to, to have a W. So um, ultimately, at some point, that needs to come. That needs to happen. Um, are we going to panic at this point? No, we're not going to panic. Um, in, 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 um, in North America, I don't know about Europe, but in North America, there's a lot of a term. It's called like the cup hangover where you win a big championship and then the next season is kind of like because you've gone through so much in the playoffs that it's kind of hard to get back it's hard to get back on track is that yeah, do you feel that no, in here I or is I, it I, know, I don't sense it uh, veterans to get over that yeah I think so and honestly I, like I said I think it, there's a difference between uh, last year's start to this this year's start um, you know we, we, we have first first of all we have we have fought like um, in, in Houston to almost come back we came we came back in Montreal um, we took the lead in, in San Jose we uh we start out really well here, which is a tough game. So we're in games. We're not getting played out out of off the park. Uh, so uh, um, we're definitely in it. So uh, we just need to make sure that we reward our hard work that we're putting in by, by getting a couple points. Feel coming on a little bit earlier than you have in previous games. Yeah, it felt good. Um, you know, try to utilize the minutes I get. And feel like I did a good job. Though. How were you able to uh, finish that? It seemed like a really tough angle you had that on that Nico cross. Yeah, it was a great ball. Um, you know, I was just getting in the box, trying to get in dangerous spots, and uh, he played a great ball in, and I just made sure I put it on frame. Did Spencer give you any like, specific instructions beyond you know, score a goal? Was there any specific way that he wanted you to kind of change the game? He wanted me to score two, but <laughs> no. Um, you know, he just said, you know, I'm fresh legs coming in, kind of do some extra work, cover for guys that have been have been going, and you know, uh, just get in the box and try to call seven. You guys come up with a number of close chances, especially in the final seconds. Is there is there is it possible to wheel in a late equalizer? Or? We almost did that last one, um, 
but you know, I, I don't think we should be in those situations where we're having to push numbers forward. I think if we can start out a little quicker and a little more aggressive in the final third and put ourselves in a better situation coming into the last 15 minutes, then we can avoid these these uh, these problems. Play out of the back. Uh, we want to we wanted to dictate the game, obviously, um, but that was our, our intentions in the first half. Um, I think the intentions were were always there to you know press and and, and try to dominate the game and. Um, you know, second half I thought we did so. Uh, first half there were, you know, spells where, where we did, where they did. Um, but second half I thought we did, we played really well. Um, we created chances. But at the same time, you know, we got to be a little bit more careful in the back. And um, you know, Freddie had two really good, you know, poacher type goals. And um, you know, that's the story of the game. Do you think they need to do to, to finally get those chances away? Is there anything as a team that you need to work on? Uh, yeah, I think the last, you know, the last three goals have been. On crosses, we have to stay with our runners, stay with our marks. Um, you know, obviously, um, it's difficult sometimes when they come from the, from behind. Um, you know, you can't see them, uh, but you know, at the same time, we got to open up our bodies and and really, you know, see the field and, and command the box because that's that's where goals are scored. Um, you guys had a slow start last year. Um, is it making it a little bit easier knowing that you know what the final result was last year, or do you just want to nip this in the bud and get going and? Uh, yeah, I think we want to get going. We we don't want to put ourselves in a hole like last year. Um, you know, it was very difficult uh, a way to to end, end the season, um, and, and we, when it, having to win maybe like eight out of ten games. Um, we can't we can't put ourselves in, in that type of situation, and um, you know we we have to start winning. Um, you know that's just that's just the the story to it. We we have to start winning, and you know it starts with away games. Um, obviously, home games are a little bit easier, um, just because you know it, it's such a difficult lead to play on the road. Um, but you know we can't we can't put ourselves in that situation again. A lot of teams that win championships, they kind of deem it the next year as like a hangover to start the season. Do you guys feel like that, or is just uh, you feel like confident that you can get out of that kind of loss? Yeah, I don't think this is a hangover. To be honest, I, I think we we're playing well. Um, you know, the last three games, I thought we've played well. Um, you know, obviously it's a it's a difficult circumstance. You know, having to go on the road five out of seven games or whatever, um, but. You know, I don't think it's a hangover. I think we're just not finding luck. Um, you know, we're creating chances. I think, you know, we hit the post a couple times. We had a couple uh, shots that were um, denied on, on the line. So we have to just, you know, be a little bit more clinical and, and be, you know, obviously steady in the back. So that was some thoughts there from the Seattle locker room. Anyway, we heard from Stephen Fry, Will Bruin, and Christian Roldan. I yeah. feel I've said that a lot. And and, and uh, they were the only ones willing to talk. Um, a couple of the players, the higher profile players, kind of like zipped out of there as soon as they could. It's too bad Brad Evans wasn't here. You can ask him no. this question. I think he was heard. Uh, uh, Alonzo got on there quick. Um, and I think Alonso might be staying with Freddie and his family tonight because he, he doesn't seem to be going back on the bus with them. And the funny thing is there was a lot of Seattle reporters there, a lot of uh, coming up, up to BC Place. Yeah, there was. None of them even attempted to ask for Dempsey. I guess they know who to ask for and who not to because nobody even... Yeah, because everyone you asked, they didn't give you. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then uh, and, and Alonzo too was really like, oh, if he wants to talk, and he basically didn't want to talk, and so no. he left, and they gave him uh, hold on. I was fine. Yeah. Well, anyway, thank you for being with our, our first 
sort of post-game show this season. Just before we go, we've got Portland coming up next Saturday. We've kind of touched on it already. Hobo time. Um, someone did point out that they're not actually hobos. They are actually just hipsters. That was Finsky. Citizens of Portland. Mm. Um, and I do love Blue Star Donuts. And like I said, the egg carton. Check out the egg carton. They do a fantastic spicy sausage patty. And I, How spicy? I, I'm not... I like spice, but not too much. Not like burn your face off. Oh, no, no, it's oh, not like that. Okay. Uh, it's, okay. like it's, it's in a hollandaise sauce, and it's, oh. it's fantastic. Really, really recommend that. We always go there. We'll be there on Sunday morning if anyone wants to come and join us. You know where, I, you know where I go on Sunday morning when I'm in Portland? Church. I'm <laughs> going to guess. I do, yeah. Okay. That's my, my church, the yeah. Church of the Egg. The Church of the Egg, there you go. So, Portland next week. Quick thoughts, just round the table. Win, loss, draw. Draw. I think. I, oh, is that I, all you want? Okay. Yeah, I can, can't do quick thoughts. Win, win, win. Sorry, win. Win. Right. I, I'm win. good for loss. Oh, what did you say? Draw. draw. Okay. I'm going to go for a, a 3 0. Win, lose, draw. Okay. 3 0 Portland win. I, I think one thing that's going to be interesting is Sunday's uh, uh, USL match between the two sides at Providence Park. Because there's a bunch of guys who did not play today. Yes. Who weren't in the 18, or yes. maybe who were in the 18 who didn't play, who are going to be playing in that game. Um, and so, it'll, it, it, with these USL games, we saw it just a little bit in the the home game. Maybe not as much, especially in the first away match, the opener of the season. These guys need who are first team players need. To, uh, you say this all the time, Michael. They need to grasp these exactly. opportunities and they're with, not. Two, with two hands. The USL team is worse when those guys go down. Some, some McKendry, I thought played well in the oh, no. game. Yeah, I, like, there are exceptions. Yeah, McKendry, this is horrible. For me to admit this, I never think of McKendry as an MLS player. I think of him as a USL player. Shut your face. Because he's never with the MLS That's team. True. He's got a point there. I can understand. I know, I know what you're and it's like when, yeah. I, when I've seen all of the MLS guys come down, I always forget Ben's an MLS guy. Yeah. And I've said that when I've interviewed him. I'm like, oh, when the MLS guys come down, not meaning him. And it's you like, said I've it said that to him before. And I, I spoke to his dad about it. I'm like, I, oh. But yeah, I mean, McKendry's an exception. So this Sunday, whoever it is... We're going to have Nerwinski, I would think, and Cole Seiler. I, okay, and the only one I know for sure is I'm pretty sure Christian's going to be there. Yes. I don't know if Jake is or not yet. Ah, so I'm tonight. I, I don't think Jake knows. Cause I don't think Jake ah, knows. Spencer Ritchie might be in goal. But anyway... No, yeah. no, Melvin. I think Melvin's Oh, Sean, get a start. Yeah. So there's uh, that game coming up on Sunday, so watch out for that. Talking of Sunday, we're going to have our live show on CITR Radio. It's going to be a live show where the buttons are easier to work than this. Yes, and, uh, and the Wi-Fi is better. The wi better. Yeah, we don't need Wi-Fi because we're live on the air. And we're hoping to do a roundtable. Well, we are doing a roundtable. Depending on if anybody shows up. You have to say that. Yeah. You're so pessimistic. I'm pessimistic about people showing up. We'll <laughs> just get. We'll just get. We'll just get. We uh, have Mike. two to three special guests coming to join us on Sunday for a round table. Mike will just gather some quote unquote hobos or hipsters yeah. and bring them in. Well, there's a lot of UBC. Yeah, and if we don't turn up, power is always a last resort. We can always get higher up. And also, don't forget, uh, tweet it from our both of our Twitter pages. Uh, there is a survey we're doing, and we will post those results during the show tomorrow. Are you filling so the you survey? Do I got to fill the Jonah survey? Jonah A says, is that an open invite for Sunday? Yay, come along. Um, Van City Villa wants us to bring Predictor Pooch to the round table. No dogs allowed in the studio. He does talk less and make more sense than Zach sometimes. Yeah. So. Um, 
Burning question from Ryan McLeod. Yes. Do you agree that Maurice is better at playing Nikki Bella than Nikki Bella is at playing Nikki 100%. Bella? 100%. Yes. 100%. I love Maurice. Maurice is fantastic. Oh, I could have a whole two or three hour show just of Maurice. Yeah. What are we talking about? Wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> Maurice is amazing. A star. She could be yeah. a star, man. Yeah. She's really good. Even my wife likes her. My wife made a reference, a WWE reference at work this week. And sent me an email going, you would be so proud of me. <laughs> anyway, this is the end of this show. Thank you for being with us. I know there's been some kind of teething problems on the mics and stuff. We'll try and play that out or sort this out. I'd like to do this again. Sure. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you have, let us know. If you don't want to ever hear from us do this again, say that as well. We won't do live ones. We'll do pre-recorded ones. Before we go, let everyone know where you can we can find us online. On Steve? Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. Zachary? Uh, Zachary, or at Zachary AM, uh, and I'm a part of the Movement Curva Collective. You can find me on Twitter, at AFTN Canada. I'm Michael McCall. Read our stuff, away from the numbers, AFTN.ca online. Got a lot of stuff that we've got coming next week. I've got so many interviews that I've got in the books that I just haven't used. and It'll be a special podcast, maybe. Yeah, might do that as one of our extra ones. But anyway, thank you for being with us. It's been a fantastic night. It's been a good Friday. It's been a great Friday. It's been a fantastic Friday. Thanks to fantastic Freddie Montero. So until next time, which will be Sunday, thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.